Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1056. This week on Cars Yeah, I'm promoting the Cruise-In at LeMay America's Car Museum Grit City Motor Show. Taking place Saturday, June 23rd, I'll be the MC at this fun event. You can learn more at LeMayMuseum.org. The word can't isn't in the dictionary. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Diana Balboni. Diana, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am very ready. Thank you, Mark. All right. Diana Balboni is an outlier in the business of professional automobile detailing. She owns and operates N2 Details, a business where you'll rarely find women sharing their passion for polishing, waxing, and detailing fine automobiles. For over 30 years, Diana honed her interpersonal relationship skills in retail jobs, and finally she retired from a civilian government job in late 2014. But there would be no resting on her laurels. Within a week, she turned her beloved hobby, detailing cars, into a small business. She invested in detailed training from past Cars Yeah guest, Rennie Doyle, of detailing success, and she is also a quote-unquote made woman in the infamous Detail Mafia who are leaders and mentors to younger detailers across the country. Diana is also a certified member of the International Detailing Association, the IDA, holding an Advanced Skills Validation Certificate as well. So, Diana, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your life, career, and a very obvious passion for making cars look really nice? Well, thank you, Mark. This is, uh, first off, an honor. Thank you for this opportunity. Oh, I honor sincerely- all mine. <laughs> I sincerely appreciate it. Uh, your welcome. podcasts are ones that I, I listen to on a regular basis and uh, really, really, again, enjoy that opportunity. All right. So, Thank you. A little bit more about myself is, as I think that we'll get into at some point, maybe an aha moment for me that, uh, gee, maybe this is the direction I need to go into and uh, work with cars, work with my hands, work in detailing. So uh, I'm very happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you. And we chatted a bit. Diane and I had a nice little pre-show chat. And we talked about sitting behind a desk for many, many years, working at a desk job versus uh, restarting and restarting a career, doing something that's physical and you're out there and communicating with people and moving your body and hands and how much more healthy that is for everybody, I think. So, and everybody who listens to my show knows that my passion for car care goes way, way back to my detailing days and my days with Griot's Garage developing car care products. So, uh, this is definitely fun. I'm I'm speaking to a pro here today, so I'm hoping to learn a little bit from you, Diana. And, and as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been successful for you in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires or random orbital wheel spinning here on Cars, yeah? So, Diana, take the wheel. I, I think probably for me, the inspirational quote came from my mother. It was something that she used to say often to me, and I think it was what she was trying to instill, just a strong work ethic. And she used to say, the word can't isn't in the dictionary. And we had this very old 1953 printed dictionary that she was right. I couldn't find it in there. Not at least cannot. And so she instilled on in me on a very early age, pretty much anything you make up your mind to do, you can do. It's literally up to you to do it. Yeah. And so that's that's what I think has 
followed me and kept me on the path that I've been on. Well, you had a great mother. Uh, you know, it's it's wonderful when parents uh, help their kids that way and become a mentor in a sense. And let me ask you this, because having worked in one career for many, many years and then jumping into something that typically is reserved for men, number one, and two, for younger people, because you're so physical, I'm guessing that concept of can't didn't even come up in your mind when you said, you know what, I'm going to start a new career detailing cars. Right. It didn't. It wasn't a panic moment. It was a moment of, I can do this. Now, how, what do I need to do to put me in the position that I need to be in to start working effectively? Because one of the things that I had been hearing very early on, I like to wash my mother's car and I would get the buckets out and I did all these things. But I always was concerned about that polisher because I heard that that polisher, you could burn through paint very quickly. And when I did go and train with Rennie, that was one of the first questions that he asked me and said, what is your concern? I said, burning through paint. As a matter of fact, the car I worked on with him was a Porsche. And so you can definitely uh, understand my hesitation when uh, he asked that question. So that was for me looking for the right person to guide me through this process. And so there wasn't any can't. I can do this. But just how am I going to go about doing it? Well, I can tell you're a very strong woman and very determined woman. And to align with somebody like Rennie, and for those listeners who missed my talk with Rennie, go back to the Carshow website, look up Rennie Doyle, and here's talk about a strong guy, a powerful guy, and a mentor, and somebody who has trained and helped so many people. Uh, real briefly, before I ask the next question, tell us a little bit about your experience with Rennie and his team and, and what he did for you. You know, Rennie... For me, it was a matter of finding the right person to train with. And so I do what I refer to as my due diligence. I, I kept searching the, the internet and Rennie's name just kept coming up. And every time that Rennie's name kept coming up, I'm thinking, all right, let me dig in a little further and see who this person is. So I found his website and uh, actually gave, uh, gave them a call at the end of probably 2014 and said, gee, I want to come train with you. So I set myself up to head out to Big Bear on a flight on um, the first part of February of 2015. I was still um, in a position where I could I could go out there and do some training. I was a little concerned. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, it's going to be, you know, how deep in snow and it's going to be cold and <laughs> all of these things. And luckily, the weather was pretty mild for us back then. And yeah. um, I went in and, and he just guided me through the process, both he and Diane, his wife. They teach you not only the intricacies of detailing, but of business mm. and marketing and how to get your name out there and do those those other things that you need to do to position yourself within the industry. I, I had a blast. I had a wonderful time. My training with him was a one-on-one training. He has several different types where he can he'll train on one-on-one or it's possible that he'll train in, in a group setting. But mine was one-on-one, so I had a, a great time being out there in Big Bear, out in the mountains doing some training and learning on some vehicles. Yeah, Rennie Doyle's a great guy, and I love what you talked about here, that he not only trains you the technical side of car care, but the business side. So many technicians go into business for themselves, detailers, fabricators, restorers, mechanics, and they know nothing about the business side and the promotion side, and they can't figure out why they can never get out of their own way. And you really need to seek a mentor, an expert who can help you do that. Because if you don't have experience in that, that's a major important part of the business. Yeah, you've got to be good at what you do, but 
there's no way you'll ever grow and you'll never get out of your way. So shout out to Rennie Doyle, uh, awesome guy. Let's uh, talk about your personal passion for cars because people who detail cars, they've got to have some passion for them. You don't get into this business if you just don't care, unless you're just a basic car washer and you're well beyond that. So tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car gal. Mark, I think it goes back to um, 1971. 1970, my mother bought a house, which was pretty much unheard of as a single woman, single parent as she was. She had a 1968 Malibu that she was heading to work one morning. It was a, a, a rainy morning, kind of slick out. She hit a, a slick spot on the road and literally went into a tailspin. Got herself into the median, really scared scared the bejeebers out of her, I think. She was, she was pretty scared about that moment. And the car was just too much car, I think, for her. She, um, she got to work, finally composed herself, got to work, and called up the local Oldsmobile dealer where she had a... Uh, a client that uh, one of the salesmen from there and called him up and said, look, I, I need a new car. I want to trade this in. What do you have? And the guy had a 1971 Oldsmobile Cutlass, bright red, white interior, black carpeting, and he delivered it. She was selling men's clothing. So they delivered this car to her and she brought it home that night, pulled it into the garage. And her first question to me was, what do you notice? Well, what I noticed was it didn't have the little wing windows, very, you know, very sweep, you know, swept back and yeah. just a, a beautiful car, but it didn't have the wing windows. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, um, that's, that's a little kind of, kind of interesting years later. And of course I would take care of that car. I, I literally, um, I still have, you know, a picture of those, that car and not only in my mind, but you know, I drove that car a lot and really, really honestly love that car. Mm -hmm. The, um, the other moment, though, for me, I think also pivotal to go, gee, I'm kind of a car person here is I was actually here in Virginia visiting a friend. I'm originally from Texas, but I was here visiting a friend and she had an issue of People Magazine on the table. And uh, I said, you know, I just I just can't get into magazines like this. And we chatted about it for a few moments. And I said, you know, give me Motor Trend or Car and Driver and I'm a happy camper. I said, I'd much <laughs> rather flip through one of those magazines than to flip through anything about, you know, somebody's life and what they're doing. So I think those were my beginning stages of recognizing that, you know, cars that turned my head and, and really paid attention. Automotive enthusiast, indeed. Nice story. I like that. And the fact that you noticed a little nuance like that lacking wing window uh, gave us an idea glimpsed into your, your keen eye for automotive passion and so forth. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down, talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way. I like this question because it uh, helps others who might be in the same situation realize there's a great lesson here and there's a way out. So walk us through one of yours and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career, your business, and your life. Well, in um, 1979, 1980, I was actually at Edwards Air Force Base in the middle of the Mojave Desert. It was a highly competitive work environment, especially then, where Edwards Air Force Base is strategically located. It was just about 30 miles to the nearest town, which is Lancaster. Uh, because of that, jobs were scarce. I ended up getting a uh, job with the Air Force as a civilian, but I was a temporary worker. So I didn't pay into any, any type of retirement, had no benefits, et cetera. I got moved around quite a bit as a temporary worker. I'd be six months in a position. My first position was with the F-15 squadron 
Oh, wow. And I worked with them and I, I saw some very, very cool things happen. The colonel's window looked out on the flight line. I was able to see Stan Barrett break the sound barrier. Wow. In uh, Hal Needham's car. Oh my and you go back you go back to that and I think there's a lot of discussion online about whether or not he actually broke the sound barrier but I can tell you I I heard it so uh it was that was pretty awesome so I worked for them and then from there they moved me out of that position after my I was in there about a uh, I don't know 6 months year or so then I went over to the scheduling office and helped schedule military aircraft and I had um one other very big moment in my life, one of what I call my most patriotic moment, was I was able to view the very first space shuttle return to Earth from out of space. So oh, the wow. Columbia returned. Yeah. We we were lit out for the couple of hours, and uh, we drove back behind the NASA hangar and listened to it as uh, Johnson Space Center was actually, t- you know, broadcasting this event. Right. And we literally went from listening to the pilot make a comment that he was over Hawaii to that he was at the state line of California to all of a sudden he was there. Wow. So that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, love, go fast. Right. Very much a go fast. But what happened to me was that because I was a temporary worker, they couldn't keep me in a position for any length of time. Well, my next position that they rotated me to was not only did they drop me a pay grade and level so that they'd keep me working, but they put me in the, the um, what was called the pass and ID office, which was for people's vehicles so that you could get your pass and your ID, you know, to be able to get onto the base, onto the installation. Yeah. For me, I go in there and literally the guy, my, my supervisor that day said, hey, he, here's your desk. And I look over and there's all these six by nine cards, stacks of them, you know, one and two feet high of cards of information that I need to put into a computer. Oh, well, I'd never worked on this database, never had, didn't have any idea of what I needed to do. And yeah. so I'm sitting there and the young woman was sitting there, honestly, filing her fingernails. And I was a little taken back by that. And I said, um, excuse me, can you show me how to, oh, I don't, I don't do that. Not okay? my job. So <laughs> uh, yeah, not my job. And I went, oh my goodness. So I did something, you know, it was kind of that failure moment is I did something I've never, never had done in my life. Of course, I understand I was young then, but then I never have done since. And that is that I went to lunch, came back, told my supervisor I needed the rest of the day off that something had come up. He's like, is everything okay? I was like, yep, just uh, something's come up and, and, you know, I'll see you tomorrow sort of thing. So I left. Next day, I wanted somebody to call in for me and they wouldn't do it. I said, fine. By this afternoon, I will be leaving the government. I'm out of here. I'm not going to do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At that point, I did. I went to uh, HR, left the government, went to the personnel office, left government and said, I'm going to go do something else. My something else I went to do was that I went and sold cars. I got myself hired at a car dealership, first at a Honda dealership that honestly, I wasn't there very long. But then the second dealership was the dealership was a Chevrolet dealership in Lancaster. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was the first and only woman that they had hired uh, for sales. So most of the women that were there at the dealership worked the back office, et cetera, or, sure. or receptionist, et cetera. Yeah. That gave me a great opportunity to really pay attention to the detailer coming from the back because uh. he was the one that I envied. He, uh, he <laughs> at the time, reeked of chemical. And so, boy, could he make a car just shine. Look good. Yeah. And look good. So 
that was something where I think I took that failure and then turned it into my success because I sold cars for a brief period for about, I was about a year and a half with them, sold cars. And then I was just getting into the finance office about two, I was in there for about two months before um, I ended up moving away from Southern California. But uh, so that to me was, I think, taking that and then just flipping it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's great. Yeah, to be tossed into a place where you're, you know, we kind of hear this sometimes, and I don't want to demean anybody working in any job, but sometimes when you hear about government jobs, people that are not willing to jump over and help, or you see maybe some laziness going on, or people feeling, I can't be fired. Even when you think about tenured people, you know, it's like, well, I can sit back and coast now. And uh, yeah, I think you saw that this was not an environment I want to be around. This is not healthy, uh, not uh, community, not people helping each other. And uh, and pretty pioneering, too, the fact that you went and sold cars. Because back then, it was a, it was pretty rare to see a woman selling cars. That You just didn't see that. And you still don't see that many women selling cars, although more, more getting into it. I had a great guest on, Kathy Droz, who wrote a great book about women selling cars, and she's got a whole program now training women how to sell cars to women, and she trains men how to sell cars to women because more and more women are buying cars these days. They're independent, uh, living on their own, whatever it might be, or they're making their own decisions in whatever kind of relationship they have, and they 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 don't like dealing with guys, treating them like they don't know what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, I think it's great. Well, let's talk about an aha moment. You alluded to one earlier, but is there a career aha moment that kind of stands out for you? There is an aha moment. And that aha moment came from me in the fall of 2013 when um, a financial advisor said to me, Diana, you just don't seem happy doing what you're doing. Why are you doing it? I was working for the government, making pretty good money. And the government had relocated me from Texas to Virginia just simply so that I could work for them. But um, when he said that, I thought, huh, is it that obvious? I didn't realize it was quite that obvious. And he said, look, I think you guys can make it. He said, and you know, you could retire. I said, excuse me? He said, oh, sure. He said, you could retire. He said, you'd hit 10 10 total years of service and hit the minimum retirement age. And I went, oh, my goodness. And so I kind of looked at what that might be. And then his next question to me became, well, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, you mean when I grow up? (laughs) <laughs> and he said, yeah. And I said, well, I want to go detail cars. And it was literally out of my mouth. I didn't even really think it. It just, I just said it. Yeah. Two people in the room turned around and went, where'd that come from? <laughs> I, that's what I want to do. So for me, it was, that was my huge aha moment. And then taking it and going, how am I going to get there? What am I going to do? And that's, as I already mentioned, alluded to when I started doing my search for Rennie Doyle and his training. You know, sometimes we just have to say it out loud or put it down on paper. You know, it's mulling around in our brain, but until we actually admit it to ourselves or someone else, or someone asks that great question, what do you want to do? And you get to answer it. That is a wonderful aha moment, especially when it all comes together. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. I know you talked about some cars your mom had, but is there a car in your life that was really special for you, that first one? I think it was a 1964 Chevrolet Impala, two-tone, blue and white, of course, all metal car, you know, weighed yeah. a ton, and then oh, yeah. some, you know, had the, had the, uh, the radio in the, back, in the middle of the back seat. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it was really just a great car. 
It was one of those that you just you just felt a little bit better about. It was an old car, but it was a neat car. It's a neat looking car because there yeah. weren't many of them on the road. This is this is 1982. Here I have this 1964 Chevy Impala, which was rather interesting. I bought it from the dealership where I was working. Traded in a Honda Civic that wow, had that's a no switch. air conditioning. Yeah, had no <laughs> air conditioning in this car. Can you believe? In the middle of the desert. Oh. But in any case, we bought this car and then drove it to Texas. That particular car, though, it was a, an interesting moment because we were, I think we weren't even barely out of California. I kept feeling something on my foot, on the top of my foot. All of a sudden, we I think I pulled over and I felt down and it was oil. Oh, no. You know, whoever had this car had put in a separate oil, fuel gauge, et cetera, and one of the hoses had come loose and it's leaking all over my foot. Oh, no. Well, it's also the middle of the night. You know, you think about being young and naive. So we ended up stopping at the nearest gas station that we could find. Now, this is 10, 11 o'clock at night. So not a lot of things are open. This yeah. gas station, luckily, was at the top of a hill, was open. And they directed us to someone down the street, round the corner and the next corner and a couple more corners. And we were in some rural environment and we pull in and these people are coming out. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> what have we gotten ourselves into? Right, yeah. right. But luckily, everything was fine. They fixed our car, and I don't even remember what we what we paid them. But yeah. they uh, wished us well and sent us on our way, and we made the rest of the trip just fine. It, it could have been very different. Yeah, most likely. Well, it's fun when you you encounter small towns, communities where somebody goes, "Oh yeah, Jim Bob down the street, just go three blocks here," and "Oh yeah, he'll help you out in the middle of the night." I mean. That's what great people are all about and car people are all about. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you wish you had back? Absolutely. That is that is my mother's 1971 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Ah. I, I still have the original paperwork from when she purchased the car and paid all of $3,500 for that car. But I sold it in 1992, had um, 70,000 miles on it, but it was rough. Those were some rough miles. Got to the point where the car wasn't driven a lot. And sat, and unfortunately, the headliner was coming out. There was a leak. The seals weren't good. The old cars like that had that um, plastic armrests that were—they almost looked like styrofoam when they start to to disintegrate. Yes, and that was what was happening. There was a lot of um, there's some mechanical things, and I've since asked people when I see the old Oldsmobiles, and I've, I've chatted with the gentleman. He said, "You know, I bet that car's still out in Texas." Well, we sold it to a to a young man who was in the army because uh, Fort Sam Houston is in San Antonio, where I'm from, and he was a New Jersey guy. And so, I don't know that it's still in Texas, but or who knows if it's around. But I still have the VIN number, and I I still do some searches every now when I get on uh, Cars.com or some of those places because I don't know what I'd do if I found it. Yeah. But, uh, but it it was a very special car, and I I, I kind of kicked myself on on selling that one. Well, it's usually with cars like that, it's not so much the cars, the memory. You know, it's mm -hmm. what, what the memories mean to you. The fact that it was your mom's. Very cool. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up today about Into Details. Share a little bit more about your business, what you do, what kind of cars you work on, and what's so exciting about it for you. You know, Into Details for me is I've, I've had some great opportunities to work on some interesting cars. I, I have a, a very good customer who has a 1970 Chevrolet Nova that um, I pretty much touch that car every couple few weeks. Yep. He, wants, uh, he wants it kept up, and it, it is a garage-kept car, but then when he takes it out, he wants to make sure that it's in very good condition. And then I work on a lot of uh, late-model Audis. Those are also uh, 
cars that I work on, but I also have the smattering of the mom and pop, you know, the, the mom's vehicle, the, the vans and, you know, the little bit larger SUVs. And then for me also, though, I, uh, as, a, as a business owner, one of my truly honor moments is uh, projects that I've had an opportunity to get involved in, and that is the Air Force One detailing project. Once you work on a, a large plane like that, all these other vehicles, they're just small in comparison. You know, <laughs> yes, they're, they're no not, doubt. They're not big at all. Yeah. So those are some of my, my good ones. Yeah, cool. And I want to let our listeners know into detail, uh, the business name is N is in November, since you were in the military working in the service there. And the number two, uh, details, N2 uh, details, and I'll put a link to uh, to Diana's website for you. What are some of the most exciting cars that you've detailed? I know you sent me a picture of one that was pretty cool. That car was very cool. That was, again, an Audi. Year 2000 R8 Le Mans race yeah. car. Although that car is sitting uh, at a corporate office right outside the president's office, I had the opportunity to to go and detail the car. Literally, it needed a, a pretty good wipe down and dusting. It had been sitting up there for a while and nobody had touched it. And in particular, that, that car has, of course, as most cockpits would, a neoprene seat and the neoprene you know, dash, et cetera. Being it was in a corporate office in the middle of the day, I didn't want to take a, a vacuum cleaner up there. So luckily, I had with me a lint roller, and I used a lint roller to uh, clean up all that interior. That, that to me, was very special. A lot of fun. Yeah, very cool car. Very nice. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Diana. If you were a vehicle, what kind of car would you be and why? I don't know that I'd necessarily be a car, but I'd be a truck. Okay. And in particular, I think for me, it would be one of the, probably about a 1950, 1953 Chevrolet pickup truck. Oh, cool. And uh, they were, I guess, rounded, if you will, which I do kind of consider myself a little bit more rounded, I guess, in, in some way. Um, hardworking. It's yeah. a pickup truck, so it's a hardworking. And had a short bed. I think that that's... Uh, Given my uh, my size, I think that also was why I kind of gravitate towards that. And then the wood is kind of just that natural that wooden bed. Was yeah. I'm, an, I'm a natural person. That's pretty much you see <laughs> that's that's what you're going to get. Very well thought through. I like that answer, Diana, very much. Well, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. 
Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars yeah. All right, Dana, we're back and we're entering the last lap. This is where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice or car care advice you've ever received? Well, two, actually, I think in regards to cars would be um, make sure you always get that oil change. Yes. It sounds really silly. It used to be 3,000. I know with all the synthetic oils now, you know, you can get them up to 10,000 miles before you get an oil change. But literally for me, it's making sure you always change the oil. When you don't, that's when the problems can occur. And I've heard of many people burning through engines by not even just having their oil changed. I know. The other advice from a detailing perspective is be careful about what it is that you're buying. Don't, Don't jump on to the next latest and greatest product or piece of equipment that comes out there. I had a young guy tell me here, I don't know, a couple months ago, he says, yep, yeah, I've spent $13,000 on products and equipment. And I went, oh my goodness, stop buying. Yes. You know, what, what, what are you doing? I said, it doesn't take that much. Kind of that, you know, the old adage of, you know, well, it's better tasting, you know, better for you. It's like, I liked the old stuff. What was so wrong with it? Yeah. And um, this is kind of the same thing with product, you yeah. know, and something's yeah. going to help you better on a better compound or polish. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think how how much stuff you have to buy to spend $13,000 for car care product. Yeah. You can get into this business pretty pretty at a pretty low price and uh and get a lot of cars done before you have to kind of upgrade into things. So, great advice. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there one that you'd like to share that you think has contributed to your many successes? I'm a finisher. I think one of the best ways to describe me is that I'm a finisher. I I don't like to leave loose ends. And I think that was part of what contributed to my unhappiness with the government is that I had worked in contracts and acquisitions. And there's an old adage in contracts and acquisitions, and that's that you are one modification away from the perfect contract, which means they never end. Yes. So you can't ever complete them. So for me, it was having something, whether it's my yard or a car, in particular a car, to stand back and look go, oh, wow, I did that. Look yes. look at how it was dirty before. It's clean now. You know, there was gum all over the, the seat and it's not there anymore. Whatever it is. Yeah. For me, it would be that I'm a finisher. I like completion. I agree with you. That's what I always enjoyed when I was detailing cars is you could stand back and go, wow, look at the change I did in just a few hours. And then to have the, the owner walk up and go, whoa, this is my car. This is incredible. So yeah, I love that. I'm a finisher. Very nicely said. Now about a resource. There are lots of great resources out there these days. Is there one you'd like to share? One in particular is John Miller has a blog called T-O-G-W-T that stands for the Old Gray Whistle Test. He, on his blog, likes to say that it's basically a college course for detailers because he puts in so much information. I think believe he's a chemist 
by education and background. I believe he also had worked for NASA. So he really throws in a lot of almost too much information, it may seem like, but you're always picking up some tidbit, something that you may not have known about a product or safety or whether it's pH of of a particular product or even something is just wearing goggles. You know, yeah, you, you've yeah. got to understand for, for protection. It, that's one of my favorite. I really enjoy going to his, um, to his uh, site and looking at his blog post. You know, you're the first one who's mentioned that, and I'll make sure I put a link to that on Diana's show notes page. That sounds very, very cool. A little touch there about eye safety. I see so many people using machines and chemicals, cleaning cars, and they have no eye protection on, and I just cringe. Because those uh, machines, those random orbitals or direct drives are spinning so fast and it doesn't take much of a little tiny piece of grit to fly off and hit you in the eye. And boy, it could be messed up pretty bad. So wear eye protection. You may look like a goofball, but you'll thank me down the road, I promise you. Yeah. If you if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? It's going to be a broad group for me. It's actually any woman who has come before me or even currently who is in any area of automotive industry, whether it's a mechanic, an engineer, detailer, racer, race car driver, someone selling cars, because we do have different perspectives. That's when I think I I have a lot of fun is chatting with a woman that has come before me within the automotive industry. Yeah, I really enjoy having women on this show. I have a whole category on my website under resources of women who've been on the show that work in the industry. And about three weeks ago, I had a whole week of women in racing, young women under, I think they were all under 30, that were uh, new to racing, up and coming. Uh, I think it's great. It's a whole nother perspective. And I love to see more and more women in the automotive industry. Now about a book, is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? One of my favorite that I still look at and go to every now and then is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Oh, yeah. I had a, uh, an opportunity to go through the Dale Carnegie um, basic training. That is still a book that resonates. And I think it's because of my interest in wanting to engage people and build relationships with people and, and build that customer service, I guess, if you will, goodwill. You know, there's another great book. I don't know if you've read this, a book by Carl Sewell, Customers for Life. Have you read yes. that book? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought you would enjoy that book. Yeah. Great guy. Very successful car dealer to, uh, who wrote a book on how to treat customers better and how to interact with customers better. Uh, wonderful book if you have any kind of business that you can glean information of that book. And you can go to Diana's show notes page and learn about all these great resources on the Cars yeah website. Just type Diana Balboni, just as it sounds is how it's spelled, into the search bar, and you'll find everything she has shared with us today. All right, Diana, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car to park in your garage and wax and polish and care for. Anything you'd like. Money's no object, but it's the only one you can have, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, and you have to drive it and enjoy it. What's it going to be and why? I already have that car in my garage, and it's literally a 2007 Honda S2000. But if I have to spend your money, yes, if I you have do. to spend your money, then <laughs> I would say Probably a 1953 Chevrolet, the Corvette. Oh. Uh, to me, that is just about the right size car for me. Sounds uh-huh. kind of silly, but um, the older, the, the newer Corvettes rather, have such a long front end that yeah, I just don't big. fit well in them. 
Yeah. But those those other cars, I think it's just because that's what started it all. That that I think that was when the passion of cars began. Yeah. And seeing these little roadsters and and it's just the, from the historical perspective of them. That yeah. to me, every time I see one at a car show or I see one in a magazine, an old magazine, if I'm looking through something, it just turns my head. Yeah. I, I have I have to say that would be the car. Very nice. So I think that 53 Corvette would look nice sitting next to your S2000 Honda. You know, mm-hmm. you have a daily driver and a weekend toy. So right. I think that would be great. I'd be happy to find one of those for you. Well, Diana, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive and detailing journey with the Cars Yeah audience. Could you give us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that beautiful 53 Chevrolet Corvette? Well, um, yes, two, I guess. One is I had a friend make a comment a number of years ago. We were on a trip together and she said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Yes. And I thought, well, that makes sense. And so just step out of that comfort zone. That's easier said than done. That's the one part of it. The second one is to find a mentor, someone who is willing to guide you through. And I, and I have my mentorship within from Rennie, but then I also have have a gentleman that um, has been very helpful to me, and that's Joe DeFiori of DeFiori's Auto Detailing. He's in Norwich, Connecticut, and Joe is 30 years in business as a detailer. So he's come up through the ranks doing a lot of stuff. He's the person that I can usually pick up the the phone and say, okay, Joe, you know, this is what I've got. You know, what, you know, what do you think? Or this is what I was going to try, whatever it is. Or, hey, Joe, how you doing? And especially after 30 years in in business, he has the tips and tricks uh, within the trade and and just, just knows what it takes to, to be a detailer and can guide you through and kind of nudge you when you need the nudging. Absolutely. Well, shout out to Joe. Awesome. Maybe you can make an introduction and I can have him be a guest. On this podcast, I would love to uh, talk with him. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and into detail? Well, they can find me on my website. I have a new website uh, that was uh, introduced and launched about a month, month and a half ago. And then I'm also on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Those social media outlets that that I had no earthly idea what they actually involved. (laughs) Those are the places to find me. You can find me at Diana at into-details.com. That dash is very important. Somebody else must have ended up with that uh, into details domain. Absolutely. Those are the easiest ways to find me. Excellent. Well, listeners, I'll make sure we put all these links on Diana's show notes page so you can connect with her, link up with her. And hopefully if you live anywhere near her, uh, you can call her and have her take care of your vehicles. Diana, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, your wonderful spirit, and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you in your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage 
and the Fidel structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.